Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quit I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Episode number 134, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey. It's time for the Ready to Unload Sports Talk Podcast type program. We're talking New York sports nice. That's all. That's it. I'm feeling glib. I'm feeling like uh, it's it's just all happening. We have a ton to talk about. It's Thursday night. It's 9.30 p.m. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Let's bring in Cal. Let's do this right now, right away. Let's get right to Cal. the heart of matters. Should say that the episode is brought to you, of course, by... Oh, wait, there's there's the music. There's the theme music. Here, <laughs> Thank you, Peach. <laughs> let's... There's, no, you play the theme music. That's okay. Play them in. Let's, let's go. Just back from an engagement at... Uh, tickle my panties. Weird club, very strange club. Uh, in uh, Oxford, Cal- Oxnard, California. Also Oxford uh, in London. He's uh, he's he's an unbelievable. If you haven't caught his show of late, it's really good. He's Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Tickle your panties. That's yeah, a, it's a weird. Uh, it's a very strange comedy club. It's I don't an alternative, know. I think. It's, it is an alternative room. It's definitely. You would see, like, you there, a tell. Uh, you know, then maybe you'd catch, like, a set by, like, uh, you know, Mike Brisbilla, maybe. You know whose mimes are big there, too? <laughs> mimes are big nowhere. Now I, just, now I just know you're lying. It tickle my panties? Yes, they are. I know you've just you've blown the whole charade because there's no chance mimes are big anywhere, and In except France. France, except France. And what do they know? Well, they they can't tell you. Let me know. <laughs> well played. There's a mystery. The let me ask you: Do you have the hatred of mime and mimery? Uh, that is it, mimery. Yeah. Sure. Do you have the hatred of mimes that most people have? No, you know, I I only have a problem with them if they're not good at it. Right. There's nothing 
worse than a bad mime. Yeah, like a hack mime. <laughs> Just go away. <laughs> but if you've got a modicum of talent of pretending you're in a box, I'm okay. I'll, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. You do your little box thing. It's fine. Good. I see you pulling on that invisible rope. Pulling yourself up. I like oh, that. Oh, those walls are those walls are sure closing in on you. They're closing in quick. I see you. <laughs> and you've got a scared look on your face. You look frightened. Of course, I can't tell with all that makeup on. Yeah, I did once have like a vision of, I'm, I'm talking about not once, like one one time, but once upon a time, years ago, I did have a vision of like France being wall-to-wall mimes. Really? Like like France, the streets of Paris are just lousy with mimes. Like you're just walking along, there's mimes everywhere. Like that's the population of France. That's that was it was people smoking, like babies smoking, um, like real prostitute looking women, a lot of fishnet stockings and mimes. Wow. That's what I thought of the streets of Paris. Interesting. It is. Have you ever seen a really good mime? Not in person. The Wait, ones I've the on pay per view. <laughs> uh, yeah, only only in pictures. No, only the, only in the talkies. Yeah, the ones that I've seen haven't been very good, and I don't have patience for that. <laughs> get that get that out of here. Get that weak mime out of here. <laughs> go go to some other corner. With that <laughs> mimery. You know who probably loves mimes? I think I know. Yeah, we should bring it. Let's bring him in in a minute, though. I want to ask you first, how was your week? How are you? Good. Yeah? Good. It's a good week. You know, it's still very cold. It's cold here in New York. It's, we're both a little out of sorts tonight. Let me tell the people why I am first. I'm a little out of sorts. Just my mom is up from Florida and visiting and staying with us tonight, and uh, that's a rarity. You know, usually mom stays over at my brother's house uh, because he's got a big house. But we have a, you know, we have the extra bedroom where I do the show from. Hey, (laughs) yes, that music plays when my mother walks in the door immediately, And, and into any room. When my mother comes in the door, that music begins to play. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's like her own theme music. It's wild. So let's see. We've we've stereotyped the French <laughs> and the Italian within the first six minutes of this program. Good job, everybody. Right. Uh, we're going after fat people next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my mom, uh, we have the uh, the office uh, set up as a guest bedroom. So I'm jammed in a corner here, right? Because we have the huge inflatable mattress out. That's a good band name, by the way. Huge inflatable mattress. Huge inflatable mattress. Yeah. H I M. H I. I don't know what kind of stuff they play, but I'm going to see him tonight. Who? Him. Um. So my mom is with us, and and of course that theme music, and uh, it's so it's all nice. But I'm a little out of sorts here. I had to make her a pot of coffee, nice. Um, and my wife is looking at us like, who drinks coffee at 9:30 at night? Well, she does. Yeah, I made full pot. What is she doing right now? She's talking with uh, my wife. And drinking coffee? And Right. My wife is not drinking coffee. She's, no, no. But your, but your mom is drinking my coffee. My mother is having a cup of coffee nice and a piece of cake. <laughs> and uh, talking to my wife. 
Cal, if you could be a fly on the wall for that one. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something about the idea that you, you sort of meet your wife later. You know, like I didn't meet my wife until I was 33 or so. Right. Uh, pretty well developed. So my mom they, and my mom lives in Florida. They've not spent a lot of time together. It's uh, I'm actually I'm actually a little interested to hear what's going on out there. To be honest with you, chances are they're not going to tell you. No, they don't share. You know, I mean, how long have you been with your wife? Like before you guys were married, even and stuff like. Oh, jeez, I've known her. I've known her for well over twenty years. Right. So your mom, you know, probably has a rapport with her and stuff like that. That's you know, she's eh. going back to her since she was a kid. Eh. Nah. <laughs> Barbara, not so much. <laughs> She's not having it. Your mom's a saint, okay? They come from different worlds. Your mom is like, yeah, you want to talk about different worlds. My, <laughs> mother, my mother's an Italian woman from Brooklyn who's been in Florida and lived on Long Island. So she sounds somewhere between Fran Drescher and be like author. Rosie O'Donnell, and she smokes two and a half packs a day still, so B. Author is definitely in there. And then you have my wife who was raised... You know, born in Houston and raised in Marble Falls, Texas, and uh, has been in New York for you know ten, twelve years. But uh, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? So, right. <laughs> Can we play the Dukes of Hazard music? Well, you, I right now I envision them with their arms crossed, back to back, <laughs> kind of looking at each other like, "Look at this one." <laughs> Get a load of this one. <laughs> And I, you're just I, in the you're just in the middle of it with your hands over right. you know, shrugging I'm, like I'm in I'm in the middle of it holding Wesley. What do I do? Right. Holding my holding my son. Who's got who's like probably got like a dirty diaper and like spaghetti sauce all over his face. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the sitcom that's going on in my kitchen as we speak. So I'm a little out of sorts. You're the Skype's not working. I'm having all kinds of technical difficulties. You sound tonight. great. Yeah, well I'm on a phone. Right, like an actual how, telephone. Right. How are the? Uh, you know what the theme of tonight's show? We're going to get to the big unload in a second after we talk to PJ, uh, because there's a ton in New York sports to talk about. But you know what the theme of the show is, right? No. Should I? Uh, it's it's uh, almost famous. It's all happening. It is all happening. It's that's the quote. That's yes, I, I, I do not love that movie. We're going to talk about that movie. I do not love that movie. You want to know something? That movie doesn't hold up. Because I loved not. it when I first saw it. Yes, as and did I. And I saw it again recently, and I was like, hmm. Really? Not but the that, same. But that quote is uh, appropriate for New York sports right now. I would, we're at I, would, that, I would agree with that. We're at that crucial mass, crucial taunt uh, spot in the sporting season, in the sporting year, where baseball's just started. The NBA is coming to a close. The Knicks are red hot firecracker. They're like a firecracker in July. I don't, is that hot? Well, I think it, I think it doesn't matter whether it's July or not. I was typing the I was typing up the show promo, you know, for Blog Talk Radio, and I'm and I'm and so I, I here's what I write. It's all happening. We'll talk about the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils fighting for two playoff spots. We're going to do that. Check. The Knicks being hotter than a firecracker in July. And as I'm typing that, I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Like why is that a why is that a measure of hotness? I don't think it matters. like I said, I don't think it matters what time of year. <laughs> right. 
Firecracker's pretty hot. Also made Firecracker two words, so good job there, Steve. And then um, capitalized fire. Right. <laughs> I have a capitalization problem. You've seen this. Yes, I know. I have. I have completely, completely random capitalization. Completely. Uh, and then I wrote the burgeoning baseball season. How, now, did you have? Did you need spell check for that? I don't know. I spelled it correctly. I don't think I used it correctly. But it read great. No, I think that I think that's an appropriate use of it. Burgeoning, good about beginning. that. Okay. Developing. Nice. Good for me then. No, good job. Uh, and the Islanders lost in the shootout. They did. They did. That's disappointing, but JT, not the worst thing in the world. JT stopped. Uh, but they had Cal. They had 36 shots on goal in this game, or like 33 shots on goal. They outshot them by 10. I mean, the Holtby kid stood on his head. Is it a game that they really did. won? I don't. I did I wasn't able to watch it closely enough for that. What I saw of it, they had chances, okay. and the, and the kid stood on his head. And also, they got manhandled again. Like, come on, they got it. Yeah. By the Capitals, the Capitals are not a very physical team either. Well, tonight they were. Well, yes, obviously. Uh, and and it, it's they had a, a basically a manhunt for Tavares. Oh, like they, they were, it was it was uh, uh, Brower. It was you know like two or three guys were just consistently hitting him every time he was on the ice, and like pushing him when he was down. You know, cross checking him. You know, while he's on the ground. Really, I mean, JT showed his frustration tonight. We'll talk about the Islanders and stuff. So they get a point. That's important. So where does that leave them as far as the playoff hunter? They now like point behind both teams. It, it leaves them burgering. Burgering. burgering? It leaves them burgeoning. It leaves them with Tom Bergeron? It leaves them <laughs> Right now, they are uh, in the eighth spot. They are. I think they have... Yes, they are. Three, they would be a point ahead of... They have 40 points. So they're a point ahead of both the Rangers and the Devils. And the Devils, who are both... Uh, are the Devils are playing tonight. Well, then they would be in the seventh spot. This is great radio, by the way. Good job, everybody. Let's, uh, let's look at this. <laughs> let's bring PJ in because we're, we are going to talk about Almost Famous. He's the pop culture guy, but it's all happening, Cal. We're going to talk about the Knicks. We're going to talk about the Islanders. We're going to talk about uh, the Mets and Yankees opening their season. The season has started. That's it's nice. Started. It's symbolically, it's nice. Yep. So it's all happening in New York sports. And here he is. The Bishop, Pop Culture PJ. Hi, PJ. I, pl- I played a nice long clip because I had a huge mouthful of Cheerios. Hi. Inexplicable mouthful of Cheerios. We don't oh, know no, how it's it very, got It's there. very explicable when it comes to him. Okay, first question, PJ. Uh, mimes. How much you bet? Tom Bergeron was the best mime <laughs> I've ever seen. He is good. <laughs> he is very good. Do you uh, remember... The, the famous mime duo of the 70s, or are you, are you perhaps just a little too young? Uh, who is that, Bergeron and Dubois? <laughs> Again with the French. Benson is that who you're talking about? Benson Enough Dubois. with the French. Who builds a monument you could see through? Um, <laughs> Shields and Yarnell, do you remember them? Oh, I, yeah. Yes. Wow. 
I think that was about as big as Mime got right there. Thank they goodness. Like Donnie and Marie of Mime. <laughs> the height of Mime. Do you like do you like how I as a kid saw France PJ is just mimes prostitutes and babies smoking that, that's what I saw in the streets of Paris I'm wondering why you're thinking about prostitutes as a kid but okay hey I was very advanced I guess so that's not there are a lot of accordions playing also which that's exact and baguettes <laughs> hang you know out of a bag and then if you walk through the door the baguette breaks it was all the crazy books your brother was reading. That's conspiracy. Let's put it on Scott. <laughs> hey, read this. It's Camus. I'm nine. <laughs> it's Camus. <laughs> right this book. This guy, Camus. This guy, Camus. It's unbelievable. It's about being an enlightenment. You're going to hey, be enlightened. I'm a mime. What do you, what do you, you got a problem? I'm a mime. <laughs> watch me. Hanging out of his mouth. Watch me mime pushing you down these stairs. Watch this. Well, look at that! You're in a box. <laughs> How about now? Now you're in a real box. Right. The oh. Ginza, the Ginzaloon mime. Right. <laughs> look at me. All right. I'm walking up a wall. Boom, 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 boom. Up the wall. What's that? I'm supposed to be quiet. Whatever. <laughs> maybe that's I'm, maybe that's a French mime. I'm an Italian mime. All right. What is that you're doing with your hands? I'm a mime. I'm talking. <laughs> talking. Peach, um, you were going to debut that segment. Are you going to debut that segment later on in the uh, in the fun load? The segment is called "You Know What Drives Me Effing Crazy." That's correct. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, Cal. You're going to get that later in the fun load. That's the name of the new segment. PJ's new segment. You know what drives <laughs> me effing crazy? Those people. I, I got a, I got the beep button all ready to go. Like Andy oh. Rooney. Like Andy. It, it, did he do it like Andy Rooney? Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why I actually wasn't going to do it because you're like. Right. It's a little. Andy, it's a little Andy Rooney. It's a little. You know what grinds my gears. It's a little Rooney. grinds my gears, which is yeah. why I wanted to stay away. Well, yeah. But you know what does drive me crazy is acapella groups. So. Acapella groups, Cal. Oh, I can't. <laughs> But wait, no, Pete, say specifically what kind of acapella groups. Well, here's every acapella group video you've ever seen, right? It's like it's at a college campus. The sound isn't good. And, and like, they start doing for some reason, even though they're, like, trained singers and they've worked for hours, they feel the need to get up there and sing the theme to Underdog. Right, so they, and they started. It's like oh, do 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 underdog, do 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 underdog. underdog. Look at me, where, you know, this is this is just sort of we're joking here, underdog. And then there's like girls in the audience screaming. Dave, go, Dave. <laughs> and they're so into it. They're so into it. They're so into it. And and like the, you know the bass or the baritone, he's totally got to like overact. That's right with his eyes. Thing. Right. That's it. He's totally selling the fact that he has a ridiculously low voice. Boom 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 boom. boom. Yes, you. Exactly. He's so funny. I'm like, they should give him more to do. Where are you? 
We're ready and you're willing. So, PJ, you, you have to be less than pleased with um, the TV show Glee. Because I have to say, there's been a, a huge increase in the number of a cappella groups since that show has come on the air. And, and those a cappella groups lack the professional mixer that sweetens what the people on Glee do. That's true. They don't realize how utterly awful they are. All right. So there you go. Acapella. Cal, that's why when you mentioned barbershop quartets today, I said, just just you wait. I was wondering. It was literally like 11 minutes after PJ had just said to me, you know what I effing hate? Acapella groups. <laughs> I got to know. Completely unsolicited. crazy. It was completely unsolicited. Completely. But I, but, but, but I won't roll my eyes at a barbershop barbershop quartet as much because they, that's a that's a thing, right? You you are like you know you're like embracing a sort of a, a a cultural you know touchstone there right. by being a barbershop quartet. Plus the cool outfits. The outfits are awesome. Right. What if it were an a cappella group of four college students that were dressed like a barbershop quartet? <laughs> They no, they they wouldn't be able to help themselves. They'd go out there and they would do "Sweet Child of Mine" or something right. stupid. <laughs> but, they're, but they're doing a Taylor Dane song. Exactly. <laughs> Complete with mustaches and hats. Right. Well, you know what we need to bring back though. I want the arm garters back. Like the little the little garter belts for the arms that keep yeah. your sleeves up, so right. you don't have to roll your sleeves up. You could be a gentleman about it and have the arm garters. Very classic. That, that sort of pull your sleeves up. I got to tell you, as I'm aging, I'm starting to think about uh, switching from a belt to suspenders. And I won't lie. You—that's a switch you should have made years ago. Let's be honest. I know. I mean, that should have been. You should have been I'd wearing. Probably, those. I'd, I could probably pull off suspenders, couldn't easily, I? Easily, not even probably. Easily. <laughs> People would see easily. the approach in suspenders, and they'd be like, "Now the outfit's complete. You've finally <laughs> done it." I think the bigger question is why haven't you? Not if you could pull it off. Like I think I think the, the question your friends are asking themselves is, and when with the suspenders? Right. Well, my when does it happen? I, I, I don't shop at the right stores. I got to start going to Macy's or something. You do. Where they, you do. Where they sell respectable suspenders because they don't sell them at Target. No, those things will snap on you quick. Yeah, those are just right quick. Right. Bad times too. Plus, I gotta go to eBay. I gotta get the Morg suspenders if I'm gonna do it. You gotta get the Morg suspenders. <laughs> gotta get the Morgs. Gotta get the Gallagher's. I mean, come on. You gotta have. So, so you want to get like uh, sort of uh, what do you call them? Like uh, kitschy. You're gonna one get or like two. A, you're gonna get like a TGI Fridays one. Put flair on there. Yeah, I'd have it in the arsenal. Just right. like guys who wear ties all the time have like you know a funny tie. You don't That's realize it. that it's like That's all it. fish. Who else? Yeah. Who else could oh, we get? Fish. Who else could we get? The Mork ones, the Gallagher ones. Uh, you need like a good pair of like fireman ones. Oh, totally fireman. Yeah. Oh, Some that's, sort of that's green tremendous. ones like a leprechaun would wear. Leprechaun ones. <laughs> Santa, you got to have your holiday ones, your Santa ones. This it, might this... redefine who I am. <laughs> right <laughs> here and now. We need to make this happen immediately. We are going to have an extreme makeover for me. Can, can you mime putting on the suspenders? How about mime suspenders? How about mimes? Oh, that's right, mime suspenders. What, what am I thinking? Of course. Right? 
all mimes have suspenders and that really ridiculously like lycra black shirt. <laughs> that, that I should not wear. Either that or they mime that they have suspenders. <laughs> yes, yes, you pretend the suspenders are there. Right, like, <laughs> you know, with the with thumb right. snapping yeah, them. Right, <laughs> right, fake, fake, uh, you know, bone out your chest and stuff like that. That's great. Like it's some simple, thin, like Oliver Hardy type suspenders. Sure, sure, classic, classic, Your classic, classic for the big man, which would be just for me. That would be just for. The- Classic for the big... What are you, Clarence Clemens? <laughs> All right, Peach, we're going to talk about sports for a couple of minutes. Will you uh, seriously come back, though, when we start talking about Mike Rice, okay, and this Rutgers thing? Okay. Um, there's... Yes, I will, because something happened around here um, which was very interesting to me. Is sports-related and that sort of thing? In reaction to the Rutgers thing... Okay. Um, a group of people in my neighborhood happen to all say the same thing. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. All right, yeah, we're going to talk... Um, you're going to want to hear that. You're going to want to hear that. Stay tuned. <laughs> Coming up at 11. Um, It'll be brought to you by the Catatonics, Freehold's <laughs> best acapella group. <laughs> <laughs> the B-flats. The G-clefs. <laughs> the bass trebles, the <laughs> the catatonics. Between naming, ba- all right. So now we need to think of acapella group names. The to tiresome go, puns to go along with our sketch comedy group names, <laughs> and group. and our and our comedy club names. So sketch comedy group names we have, of course. Right. And then that we have our comedy club names, uh, the best of which is. Uh, Pee your pants. <laughs> piss, piss your pants. Piss your pants. I'm I'm opening a comedy club called Piss Your Pants. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. And now we need acapella group names, without a doubt. That's fantastic. <laughs> the B Sharps. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Woo! I will oh, I will say this last note on this though the best usage of any sort of acapella barbershop thing has got to be scrubs. It's got to be scrubs. That was well done. Scrubs was well done. With the, because they were pathetic. Right with the lawyer. Right. Yes. <laughs> Ted, this is what happens when you mispractice. <laughs> My favorite episode of Scrubs though is is definitely still the airband one. Yeah. Where where. Uh, Turk does the the dance to poison, and the lip sync to to uh, Bell Biv DeVoe to poison. I mean, just tremendous. You do have encyclopedic knowledge of Scrub, don't you? Not encyclopedic. No, it's it's not. Um, I, I have a pretty good recall for it. I thought the show, the first like three or four seasons, was really good. I think it would have been a better show with nudity. Well, Sarah Chalk. Yeah. And, and away we go. <laughs> and th- that's fine. Her, how do, what do you think of her new show? She's got a new show. With uh, Brad Garrett and Elizabeth Perkins playing her parents. Oh, boy. And she has to move back home with her kid. Oh. And, what could possibly go wrong? And it's, <laughs> called, and it's called, not kidding, I believe it's called 
How to Live with Your Parents Forever or something like that. I'll give it a shot. Once as long as it isn't on TV, I'll give it a shot. What's that, Cal? Is there a precocious kid in it? What do you think? It has to be. <laughs> I'm going to give you three seconds to answer that question for yourself. It's got to be like a seven-year-old boy who's always just making faces at the crazy shenanigans going on by his grandparents and his mother. Well, and Brad Garrett and Elizabeth Perkins are like, not hippies, but they're like young, retired, and they're right. like... They're not, they are not equipped to handle a, a not, kid at this stage of their life. They're not. They're naked all the time. They're still right. having, like, grown-up sex. And the kid is the voice of reason, always. Right. Also, the, also voiced by Bruce Willis. <laughs> Even though he's seven? Which is... Which, <laughs> very strange. He can talk for himself, but they got Bruce Willis. <laughs> they got Bruce Willis to do his lines. <laughs> oh, now we're being silly. Okay, we're talking about sports. Darn it. We do need to uh, to do this. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Absolutely it is. It is, Cal. This episode is brought to you by Blue Haven. And let's do a little quick little plug for our show. We're doing we're the show. Again. Yes, we're going to be live on Thursday, April the 25th for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, live from Blue Haven. If you're in the New York City area, please come down. We're going to have T-shirts. The T-shirts yeah. are being made, Cal. I'm I'm just hoping I'm not going to have to have my kidney removed that day. That's right. <laughs> last, last time it was the gallbladder. This time. Right. Hey. Let's go for your uh, your larynx. <laughs> it's a lung. It's uh, so uh, it, we're going to be live there. I, I'm thinking eight o'clock, Cal. Uh, that's uh, that's what time the draft starts. Right. So we may want to do seven thirty. We just want to make sure we're on the air when the Jets pick. The Jets pick nine. Correct. That'll probably be within the first. 45 minutes of the draft. Right. So we should be 7.30. We should be safe. We do our usual two-hour show, uh, and away we go. We're going to have some guests. We're going to have Steve Bateman, uh, who writes for the Jet Set, which is a really good – he wrote for Turn on the Jets for a while. Uh, Joe Caparoso is going to call in from Turn on the Jets. He's going to call in after the Jets make their pick. They're doing a uh, a party for Five Live and U Stadium and stuff like that. Really cool stuff, actually. Check out ustadium.com. Um, one of the guys from Five Live is launching that venture. Um, it looks a little smack talky, Cal. Have you seen what it is? No. Sort of like an application where you can go back and forth video-wise, talking sports with your friends. Like tout? Yeah, yeah. It just seems a little smack talky, but that's okay. It's fine. We'll see. It's it's a, it's it's an interesting venture for those guys, so good luck. But we're going to have a lot of people there already. I'm I'm opening up the uh, you know our buddy Steph is going to be there Howie's going to be there a lot of Jet fans a lot of Giant fans McWalters is going to call in great Giant fan uh, he's going to call in give his he he gave me his draft board today by the way Cal. he's 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 put it together already this is his second version by the way oh I got the first I got the first version on March the first wow uh, his first uh, big board for the first round picks uh, ten, he's not kidding he's doing research it's not yeah kidding. no does does he give a skinny on each pick too. He does. He gives a little blurb. Good. What he's seen in tape and stuff. I mean, he's into it. He's into it. 
Um, so uh, please, if you're in the New York City area, please do come down. Um, it's at the corner of uh, Houston and Thompson. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. We're going to have T-shirts, do some giveaways, give away some T-shirts and stuff. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, yes, this is all true. So uh, time for the big unload. We haven't... Like I feel like we haven't played the big unload song, and it just took a half an hour to get there. Not bad. That's about normal. All right, it's time for the big unload, brought to you by Fat, the motion picture, the movie. Cal, it's almost done. Almost all edited and ready to go. I don't know if I believe that. You've yeah. been saying that for a while. Well, we'll have, we'll have Finney back on. When it's ready? Yeah, we'll have Finney back on when it's done. Uh, that's a film by a friend of ours, Mark Finney. He came on the program uh, not too long ago. Um, check out uh, Fat. Search for Fat the Movie on uh, Facebook and like that page. Also, at Fat the Movie on Twitter. Uh, once again, it's, it looks like a really good movie. It's a buddy of ours who wrote it and directed it. He's cutting it now. Some great music in there, uh, too. So that's the big unload coming up right now. Here we go. And as I mentioned, the big unload is... From Almost Famous, okay, Big Country, by Big Country. Um, from Almost Famous, it's all happening, Cal. We're at that spot. We're at that sort of sweet spot where all four major sports are in play and a rarity in these pots. Um, the island Because the Islanders are contending for the final playoff spot, or maybe even the seventh seed. Uh, and the Knicks are hotter than a firecracker in uh, July, as I've said. Uh, and we have the Mets and Yankees opening at home, both of them. Stupid. Don't forget the, the Islanders are battling the Rangers and Devils. Well, that's spot. it. All three locals are battling for that for two spots. Three teams, two spots. Three men enter, two men leave. Okay, it's Thunderdome out there. On the ice. And and then Thunderdome and on ice. And then as we – it was in that Islanders-Capitals game tonight. It might as well have been Thunderdome, the way they were treating JT. Um, and then you do have the the first round of the NFL draft in only three weeks from tonight. So it's really heating up. So it's all happening, man. It's one – it's it's the only other time that you get something like this is in October. Yes. And ev- And even then – Basketball really hasn't started. Basketball kind of starts after the World Series. Exactly. And so this is, so this is the biggest confluence of all of the sports I think of the year. And also, cuz yeah, football is in season then but they're not in the playoffs. But also it's the beginning of the baseball season. So optimism is still there. As a Mets fan, your hopes and dreams haven't been dashed yet. Um right. And as a Yankee fan, your hopes of another World Series title haven't been dashed yet, as they have uh, every time but once uh, in the last you know, 14 years. So it's a, it's a really great time of the year. There's a cornucopia of uh, sports stuff to pick from. And then, of course, Mike Rice and Rutgers dropped in our lap as well this week. So I do want to talk about that in a bit. But here's where I'd like to start. Islanders, Rangers, Devils. Let's talk hockey for like two minutes. Wow, we're starting with hockey. I'm gonna. St- I just want to start here because 
I was talking with a couple of Ranger fans at work today, a couple Islander fans. There's a big Devils fan that I work with. Cal, this is nice. This is I'm watching every Islander game with serious. It's important. I'm DVRing them. I'm watching them. I'm sneaking peeks. I'm I'm not missing an Islander game right now, and we haven't had that in a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, and to have all three teams. Now, the Islanders and Rangers have a game, I think, when did they play on the 14th? Or yeah, Thursday next, night? Or? Yeah, I think it's next no, Thursday. No, it's Saturday. It's Saturday night. Oh, it is? The 14th? Saturday night, I think that's... That is a four, that's the 14th? The next 14th, Saturday. yep. At, at the, the Coliseum. At the Coliseum. That game could be the biggest Islander-Ranger game in years. Years. Now, we are, of course, Islander fans. We can speak to the Islanders. The Rangers made two trades and received instant dividends. The Islanders didn't do anything at the trading deadline. The Devils didn't really either. The The Rangers shipped out uh, Gabrick, got that contract out of there, also got that you know bruised relationship between him and Tortorella um, at, out. Uh, they shipped him off to Columbus. Didn't get a huge return from him, but it didn't matter. The idea was to get out from under that contract and move him. They also brought in the Clo kid. And he, without having a goal in the first 34 games of the season, scores two last night. Right away. Yeah. And he has two goals and an assist against the the hotter-than-a-firecracker in July Penguins. Um, so the Rangers get a huge win last night, 6-1. to one. The Islanders, as we said, get a point tonight. They're all bunched up in that 7-8-9 uh, spot. Are you okay with the Islanders not making a move at the deadline, Cal? We talked a little bit about them maybe trading Mark Streit. Uh but I don't think it was out there. I don't think the deal was out there, and I didn't think they wanted to make a deal just to make a deal. Are you okay with them not making a move? Yeah, I'm okay with it because the, the, the grand plan is for years to come. They're trying to build something that's sustainable for a number of years rather than just trying to hit it big this year. So the right deal obviously wasn't there, and to give up your future or to give up any part of your future to just, just to make a run this year – it's not smart because of the the Penguins, the Bruins, the Canadians. These teams are really good. And the Islanders will have a chance against them, but not a great chance. And it's not worth giving up anything from the future for the future just to try to win now. I don't think. Right. My only – I totally agree. My only – I have a bone to pick in two spots there. One is Strike's not the future. He's 35 years old. So if you could have gotten a piece for the future or something that helps you now but that's younger, I would have done that. Yeah, and I, and I think they were, they were looking into things like that. I think they were looking to, to grab a young veteran almost, like a guy who's, who's been in the league for four or five years but is still yeah. young. 26, 27-year-old guy. Somebody who would have uh, fit into the, what they're doing. Right. You know who fits into the the quote unquote rebuild or whatever, but isn't necessarily a prospect. You know the other and the other thing is that Garth Snow talked about the fact that they didn't make a move because he likes the chemistry of this team. Yes. And if you watch the way this team has been playing over the last two weeks, you can't deny that chemistry. Yeah. No, absolutely. They they um, are are playing really good hockey, uh, buoyed by the that second line that that Oposo Nielsen. Um, Bailey line, and they did it again tonight. They got the game tying goal, and they were the best line on the ice again. 
um, really playing up to their potential. So the other thing that the other bone I got to pick with you, y'all. Um, I don't know why you would go southern for hockey talk, by the way. I don't know. I was worried that you had a bone to pick with me. <laughs> well, I know I have a bone to pick with what you said. Oh. In in the sense, not a bone to pick. That's the wrong. Stop with the bone. Oh. <laughs> get off. Get off the bone to pick. No, but the other thing about what you said was, I think it's very important for this team to make the playoffs this year, and I'll tell you why. They're in year five of this rebuild with snow. I mean, it's it's time. It's time to make the playoffs. Time. Even if they, you know, they 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 just they need to get guys like Tavares and Oposo and Bailey and and get these guys some play and McDonald and uh, Hammond. They need to get them some playoff experience. They do. They need to see some tangible uh, good results from this rebuild. They do. That's a think, that's a good think, point. Yeah. But I don't think how do you put it? It's I don't think it's it's critical that they make the playoffs this year. If they if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think that they're getting a lot of that experience and they're getting a, a lot of that exposure to playoff type hockey right now. Right. And you'll look at and you'll look at the last 20 games of this season as being high-pressure, high-intensity hockey that it's experience that they've never, they've never played in these games before, A lot of, most of these guys. No, it's true. It's You've true. got some veterans on the team that have had experience, but for the most part, the core of this team has not played in games like this. So whether they make the playoffs or not, I think they've already gotten something out of this season. But... Yeah. But your, but, but your point is... is is well taken. You want to see them make the playoffs. They because they should be rewarded for the hard work that they've put in. You know, there should be a tangible reward for these guys and and that, you know, their confidence will go through the roof if they can make the playoffs this season. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, and they you, can build you, off of that. Right. And you you have you, you know, we're not going to make the entire podcast about the Islanders, but you do have legitimately uh, uh the chance to have an entire first line come up next year. I mean, you, 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 you know, they moved Ryan Strom to uh, Bridgeport to their AHL affiliate. In his first game, he scored on like his third shift, and it was one of the most gorgeous goals you'll ever see. It was off a faceoff. <laughs> I sent you the video of that, Cal. Did you watch that? I mean, it yeah, was just oh, it was beautiful. It was off a faceoff. He was sitting in the slot. The the uh, Brock Nelson won the faceoff. He's another Islander prospect. Wins the faceoff, gets it back to Strom. His stick barely, barely came off the ice. It was in the back of the net. People were looking around at each other. The other team were like literally looking at each other, like, "What just? How, how did the? Why is the puck in the? What? What happened there?" Like that's how fast his release was. You could have an entire line come up next year in Strom, Brock Nelson, and uh, Nino Niederreiter, and have a top. And these kids are twenty, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one, or whatever. To go along with Tavares and Molson and Bailey and Oposo and Nielsen and Janssenu and they really and then you have third you know third and fourth guys lines like Casey Sezikis and and you know Matt Martin and there's a lot there there's a lot there and for them to make the playoffs this year and have those guys come right into that situation to a full season next year 
I think would be really good. I think it would be really good. No, you're right. You're right. I I I just want to, we'll, we'll move on to the basketball next, but I just want to say how much I'm enjoying. It's just so nice to be in the hockey again, Cal. I mean, we're always in the hockey, you and I. Yeah, you know, but not like this. We'll always watch, but now I mean, I'm I'm DVRing the games like every night is a playoff game. I can smell the playoffs. Like I, we haven't watched playoff hockey since what? Oh six or seven? Oh uh, seven. And then right. and they won one game that year. They won Buffalo. one game against Buffalo, and you know who won that game for them? <sighs> Your old friend. Yeah, I know. He was fantastic in that series. He was not the reason they lost that series. Not that not that year. No, he was unbelievable that year. I mean, I think the one game that they won against the Sabres, he had like 53 saves. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about Rick DiPietro. Well, we don't really we, talk much about him anymore. Who was actually putting up uh, pretty decent numbers at Bridgeport, wasn't he? Good for him. Yeah, no, good. There, There's nothing you'd like to see more than him reclaim his career with somebody else. Let him, yeah, let him go somewhere else and do it. Right. So, fine. I just am, I can smell the playoffs, Cal. I want playoff hockey again. I want to watch Islander playoff hockey again. Because you know what that means. We get together at Scott's house or my house or your house. We get together and watch those games. Oh, yeah. No, and there's, and there's also, of all, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that hockey is number three in the list of sports for us. Yeah. And baseball and football could go, you know, one and two, depending on, on the season. But the hockey falls in number three, but there's Stif- nothing. Stiffly in number three, um, like e- like easily. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's solid at number three, but there's absolutely nothing like playoff hockey. Nope. Nothing. Nope. And it's been so long. It's been I mean, so I, I, last year, I, last year I was getting into the Ranger games. Right, right. Just, you know, just rooting against the Rangers. Rooting against them, but but still right. getting into them because it's, it's playoff hockey is just. Yep. It's just such. It's just so intense, you know. Yep. And it's fast moving, and and things could change literally in a second. Oh, if they get into the, we talked about it on the show that we we were watching playoff hockey without the Islanders involved. Like we don't do that in other sports. Right. You know, I mean, I watched the playoffs in football always begrudgingly because the Jets have either been eliminated or aren't there anymore, you know, or didn't get there in the first place. Baseball playoffs, I, it's tough. Yeah, It's tough I mean, because I'm bitter. I yeah. will watch the hockey playoffs. Every game is like, holy cow. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in. So it would be nice. And, and again, it's the three locals. Uh, you know, vying for those two spots, it's really going to come down to the wire. And if they do get in the playoff sounders, we're doing that'll be special RTUs. That'll be sweeps week RTUs, without a doubt. We'll see if we can get uh, Capolini on. We'll get Kevin Greenstein on. We'll get we'll go get our uh, hockey people, buddy. It's true. We don't really call upon them too much. Now, I'd love to get Capolini on anyway. Green Lantern Jeff. Um, you know, talk about the Jets too, but uh, he would definitely come on to talk about the Islanders. I bet. Well, let's hope. Let's hope we have a reason to bring him on. Amen. Now let's move to the basketball real quick. We're going to talk. Are you finally, after five months, <laughs> is is now finally the time we can talk about basketball. Hey, you know what? I'm not feeling it. We're going to move on. I'll, I'll say this. 
Carmelo's got Carmelo's got ninety points in the last two games. That's good, right? It's not bad. Yeah, that's a solid uh, solid effort. I was surprised that LeBron and Wade didn't play the other night. I wasn't that surprised. I thought they would dress and it would be like in a sort of like because they they sat the night before against the Spurs, which I thought was just brilliant. Yeah, well, that, you saw that coming from a mile away. Right, that was Riley's way of saying, see, I can do this too, and, you know, the, the, the whole idea of sitting Duncan and Parker and stuff like that. You know what, I don't I don't like the Heat, and I'm not a huge Pat Riley fan, but I was I was okay with what they did. Yeah, I had, a, I had to have a little laugh at it. Also, what he said to Danny Ainge I thought was great. Because <laughs> <laughs> Danny Ainge, you know, talking about LeBron – First of all, by the way, Cal, I did notice this. LeBron didn't have a foul called on him in four months. Till, is that true? Till, is that, till is the that... game that they lost. That's correct. Wow. He didn't. He didn't have like a foul, like literally so much as a foul called against him in four months. So you know. <laughs> I know. I, I forget. It was on Barstool Sports, like something about you know LeBron complaining about getting a flagrant called against him or something like that. Maybe it was a flagrant. I don't know. I find it hard to believe he went four months without getting a foul called against him. But um, so LeBron's, you know, complaining about the officiating and getting called for a foul and stuff like that. And Ainge saying, you know, he does it all the time. And then Riley saying, shut up. And like cursing, like Riley just like completely cursing, like shut the F up. <laughs> you were the biggest whiner ever. I coached against you. So good. And Riley's got like this, he's starting to get like crotchety old manny. He's getting a little old. Although I, they they showed him the other night in the stands, and people were like walking up to him and shaking his hand. Right. And he was sitting there like a consigliere. <laughs> like everybody, just like all coming up paying their respects to the guy. Right. That's what he's the Godfather now. That's, that's I mean, without a doubt, that's a great analogy. Like they're just walking up and kissing the ring. But it was funny because like you'd see someone come up and shake his hand, and they'd say something, and he'd smile, he'd smile politely, and then uh, move on. Right. And then as soon as they walked away, he turned to his wife and started smirking. Right. It's like, I don't know what he was saying, but he was probably like, get a load of this guy. Yeah, I don't even know who that was. <laughs> Whatever. It was pretty funny, though. East of a gen. Uh, east of a gen. East of weekend. All right, thanks. Who's next? Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know who that guy is. That guy owes me money. <laughs> yeah, he is... He is uh, he is yeah. definitely becoming the, the, the godfather point, down there. And he says whatever he wants. He just says, he doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> Tell Danny Ainge, shut your mouth, all right? <laughs> that guy. I mean, when you when you think about it, like, yeah. who does he have to answer? Who does Pat Riley really have to answer <laughs> to Riley answer at to. this stage of his life? <laughs> exactly. He's won, right? like, what, 18 titles? Come yeah. On. Come on now. He's you know he's won with three different teams. Right. You know he's living in Miami. He's got the best team in twenty years. Yeah. No, he's the yeah. best team in in like forty years. Well, not better than the Bulls. You don't think they're better than that Bulls team? Nah, that Bulls team lost nine games all year or whatever it was. They were seventy-two and ten, I think. Ten games all year. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not bad, you know. <laughs> if you play eighty-two games and you win seventy-two of them. That's solid. Pretty, pretty good. 
Let me ask you, do you think that – so the Knicks are have won 10 straight, uh, and, and really the, there's two things that I have taken away from this. One, the Kurt Thomas saving the season game, where that fifth game of that road trip in Utah where he basically put, played like on a broken leg and scored, you know, like had however many points. But he – they had lost four in a row. Carmelo's that's- getting his knee drained, like all this sort of stuff. Like if that's the last game Kurt Thomas ever plays, and it might be, <laughs> he he saved their season. That's the amazing the amazing thing about that game or this streak that they're on. They're on a 10-game winning streak. What preceded – what preceded that 10-game winning streak? Yeah. What preceded that 10-game winning streak was, was a disaster. Um, I mean, they were they was, were a mess. Oh my God! Everybody thought that that was it for them. Yeah. They weren't gonna. They were gonna exactly. They were gonna barely squeak into the uh, into the playoffs. Yep. You know, yeah, it was all the, the Nets. Ottemeyer was hurt. Out, right. Chandler yep. got hurt. Carmelo, there was something up with him. Why were they flying him all over the country when he had his knee <laughs> right. drained? Right. <laughs> exactly. And then he's and then the other thing, of course, is Kenyon Martin. Right. Who's just he's given this team toughness and attitude and um he's been a huge difference. It's a interesting how difference. they started the season with Rashid Wallace. <laughs> and now they're finishing with Kenyon Martin and it's kinda like the same person. <laughs> it, it is. Except Kenyon Martin seems to have a lot more game left, right? Than she does, and not not as lunatic, crazy like Rashid Wallace yelling at the ball. <laughs> but you know what? Everything I sort of read was Rashid Wallace sort of got a bad reputation. Like Rashid Wallace is not a bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. He's a good teammate. Yeah, he's just wacky. But he's crazy. Yeah. He's like, you know, Mark the Bird Fidrich crazy, like talking to the ball and that sort of stuff. A little bit. Bill, Bill the Spaceman Lee. Not a bad teammate. No. I mean, people, the guys love him when they play with him. Right. Do you think that this team makes a deep run, though? I mean, the NBA is weird. I, I don't understand how the NBA doesn't recede, Cal. I don't get it. Can you explain that to me? No, no. Why wouldn't you? So so okay. So let's say the heater. So one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. Right? Yes, that's right. And if they all hold, then one plays two. No, one plays four. Two plays three. If they all hold. If they all hold, but let's say five let's say, beats yeah, four. Yeah, let's say seven or seven loses to two, or two loses to seven. Right. So you got one, three, four, and seven. Right. Well, then one would play seven, no? No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's not a there's a weird thing there. I don't understand that. That like three plays seven there, or something like that, and one plays four, something goofy. Can we look that up? Yeah, I, I'm gonna. It, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm gonna do that. You do that. If you don't mind, because that's because it, it is weird. there's something goofy about it. I'm looking at the okay, so I'm looking at last year's playoffs, right? Yeah. So it's it's like the it's like the uh, what do you call it? It's like brackets. It's like the NCAs. That can't be right. Yeah, I'm looking at it. 
I believe you, but I can't be right. So one, so last year the Bulls were one and the 76ers were eight, right? And they were in a bracket with the Celtics at four and the Hawks at five. You're, you're, you are absolutely right. Here it okay. is. Okay. And then teams are not reseeded after each round. Yeah. The winner of the one eight series plays the winner of the four five. Of the four five. No matter what. Yep. And the winner of the two seven plays the three six winner. Yep. No matter makes, what. Makes no sense. So if so again, <clears throat> if seven wins, right? Yep. And one wins. <clears throat> yep. The first place team does not the the number one seed doesn't get the benefit of playing the lower seed. Nope. They still got to play a four or a five. That's so. I just that makes zero sense to me. Zero. They also don't gu- They also don't guarantee, like the top three, the the, the division winners make right. the playoffs, right? Yes. But they're not automatically the top three. Right. They're, it's just seeded by by record. by record. Yeah. So so totally you could, by record. Yes. Yeah, so you could win. A, you could win a division and be a seven. And yeah. It's weird. It's strange. I uh I I think that the so the Knicks are looking like if they're the two well we're gonna have to talk about the playoffs aren't we? <laughs> Why, no, I mean we should we should get I I can get into I've I've said this to you before I can get into Nick playoff basketball <laughs> I I can absolutely the regular season means absolutely nothing to me nothing. See now it's funny because I've been into the season for most of the year. Yeah, I can't. Especially not if the Islanders. If the Islanders are remotely good, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. And if the Islanders are in a playoff game the same night as the Knicks, are you kidding me? How about if the Mets are playing the same night? As the Islanders in the playoffs or the Knicks? Both. Well, the Knicks, I guess, you wouldn't even be in the in the picture, but the Knicks are not. <laughs> no, that's that would go Islanders, Knicks, Mets. Islanders. Wow, you would watch a Knicks playoff game over a Mets I regular would. season game? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can get into the basketball. Hey, back in the 90s, you know, with that 94 team, I was into the Knicks, big time. I I remember. Very into the Knicks. The 98-99 team that made the run with Sprewell and Allen Houston and stuff, I was into that team. I was going down to Bar A, down on the Lower East Side, which is a great, was a great Nick bar, and uh, watching games, you know, in a bar and, like, really into it. All right. So I can, but if the again the Islanders are somehow in the playoffs, I'm not watching anything except Islander playoff hockey. Yeah, I think I think I would have singularly focused. Well, look, it's just you know it's been a like you said, and to kind of tie this all up, it's been a really long time since the winter sports with the teams that we root for. Yep, have not only been relevant in April, but are have legitimate chances of 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 doing something. Yeah, not winning a title, just being in the playoffs. That's all. Well, you know the the Knicks the Knicks have the Knicks a, a chance. The Knicks have a have a solid chance. I don't think they're beating the Heat. I don't think so either. I don't think they beat the Bulls either. But I just because they match up so poorly against the Bulls. No. But they have a chance. They absolutely. Could catch fire and win, you know, they've clearly shown that they can win 10 games in a row. I mean, it's not against the greatest competition, but still, well, they've no, shown they, that... 
You can't say they, that. I mean, they've beaten they've beaten some good teams lately. They have beaten some good teams in this they round. They beat Atlanta, yeah. the playoff team. They beat Miami. They beat I, uh, Memphis. Yeah. They beat Boston. Yeah, twice. These all, twice. These are all playoff teams. Yeah, but again, I I just, they can get hot and certainly make some noise. But you're right. It's been a really long time uh, since that's happened. Now let's get to the baseball. The opening week, you were there on opening day. I was there last night uh, at City Field to watch the Metropolitans. This baseball season's off to a very strange start for me. I'll tell you why. Here in New York, the watching, so you know, watching a little bit of the Yankee game, you know, watching, uh, listening to the Met game on uh, on Monday on opening day. You were there. Um. Let me put it to you this way. This Yankee team, to me, is like, if they don't get healthy, is an 81-win team. 83-84 tops. They're not a playoff team. They're just not. Uh, they're going to be way too reliant on, on a pitching staff that, yeah, if it's all healthy in there is great, but I'm not convinced it's all going to be healthy in there all season. I mean, can you count on Andy Pettit to make 25 starts? I don't think he can. Right. Can you I don't, count on CC Sabathia to make 25 starts? Now, Kuroda gets hurt yesterday. He was, by the way. Fluky, which, though. It, was a, yeah, it but, wasn't because he was old. He no, got hurt because he was on a absolutely. play. But, it, you know, which John Sterling, by the way, called like a looping line drive. Like, he was like, oh, Victorino just reached out and touched it. Meanwhile, it was like a screaming line drive four feet off the ground. <laughs> but I, I don't trust the that pitching staff. Are you going to tell me that uh, – Nova and Hughes are somehow going to be win 35 games or whatever. I I, I don't trust it. Each? Right. But that, that would be a, a Bob Welchian season. 35 and 0. But they but if they win 85 games, let's say. Right? That's a monumental disappointment. If you go across town and the Mets win 85 games, that's a huge, fantastic season. That I mean, that's people. You people are only dreaming about eighty-five wins yeah. for the Mets. Isn't it bizarre though? I mean, the expectations. It's kind of isn't it? Isn't I mean, the the gap I think is starting to get bridged between the two teams. Well, what did you see on opening day? I mean, tell me about your experience on opening day. You've been going to opening day for a number of years now. You were texting me from opening day. We know what this team is on the field. We also have talked about it for four months, and it seems every columnist in New York has decided to write the same exact story we've been talking about for four months, about the Mets you know, building and being like 83 and 84 and building young pitching staff and blah, 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 which, again, it's not breaking our arms, patting ourselves on the back, but pretty funny to see that in three major publications this week. Um, by three really respected sports or uh, baseball writers, but what you know what went on on Monday? You were texting me a little bit. And you said there was like snark in the air. There uh, was. Where where is the Met fan? I think the Met fan is kind of watching this team with a jaded eye. Okay. I think the Met fan. No, the Met fan knows that the the good times might be just around the corner. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I think the Met fan sees that, but 
also wants to retain the identity of the long-suffering Met fan and what this, you know, what ownership and what management is doing to them, the fan. The wronged Met To being wronged. And like, and I, like I had told you, I saw a woman walking around with a shirt that said 324 days till spring training. Right. That's optimistic. I, speaking of, I saw a, a gentleman with a professionally made Met Home pinstripe jersey with the name on the back, Pessimistic, and the number one. It's a good one. Yeah, so this man... Uh, I, I just want to go spinal tap on that one. When, you know, it's simply a two-word review. Right. That's a good one. Not heard that. That's a good one. This guy spent $200. Easy. Easy. Of his money. $300, probably. Well, let's let's just say it was $200. And then he's also at opening day, and tickets were about $100 for opening day. Oh, yeah, tickets were so expensive. Because, you know, how does that make any sense, too? Because they're in New York, Cal. Right, but you, you know, you brought up a very good point earlier in the week that you wanted to talk about tonight regarding how a team that's in New York and wants to rebuild, right? Oh, you, you say it better. Well, no, they, I, I... I'm not setting it up well. I, I asked you the question because you were going to opening day. And we had heard a ton of scuttlebutt uh, from Met fans and spe- specifically certain Met bloggers and stuff like that about what the Mets were charging for opening day tickets. You know, And it was the lowest ticket in the house was $63. And uh, a certain Mets blogger made a huge deal out of that. Well, and just as an update, they did. they also released standing room only tickets for $45 a couple right, of days before the which, game. Which, of course, was greeted with the Mets are the only team in the world who don't have a sellout and are releasing standing room only tickets right. for a non-sellout, whatever. Because everything that this team does has to somehow be critiqued. Everything. Right, and, and, and they're the only team that does yeah, these types of right. things. No other team does this. So on Monday, there was a, uh, a little... Uh, blurb in the uh, Daily News in the sports section about the sports cost index, fan cost index for uh, all the major league teams. And the Mets ranked 13th on that list. That takes into account ticket price, average ticket price, what you spend at the stadium, you know, your fan cost index. Exactly. They were 13th. 13th. The 12 other teams, it's costlier to go watch a game at their parks. Right. And, And the Yankees, I think, were third. The Red Sox were first. The Cubs were like fourth. Right. The Cubs. And the Astros were 12th in front of them. So the Astros were, are, it's more, it costs more to go see an Astros game than a Mets That's game. right. That's right. The Astros who, the, who. The Astros who have a $30 million payroll. The Astros. And certain writers are crying that Bud Selig can't allow this team. Right. They can't field the team this year. What they're doing is an outrage to baseball. I love that Gammons was on with Francesa the other day, Cal. And I don't know if you heard it, but it's so funny to listen to them both whine about how it's unfair for the competitive balance because it affects the pennant races. The, the, the Rangers get to play them 18 times. Yeah. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when the Tampa Bay Rays payroll was $26 million. No, no. Uh, you, can't, you can't blame the schedule. You play who's on your schedule. That's it. The Red Sox and the – Can't apologize you know, to that. Yeah. Gavin's a Red Sox fan and Francesca Yankee fan. Didn't have that big of a problem. 
they're okay with that. Playing the playing the twenty six million dollar payroll Tampa Bay Rays as the Tampa Bay Rays were rebuilding. Right when they were winning, they, they, they didn't care. That was okay. That the Yankees got sixteen wins a year against Tampa Bay. <laughs> and Baltimore, when Baltimore was so right. bad, exactly. And and these these teams slashed their payrolls down to you know forty or fifty million dollars. But the Rays were at twenty five million dollars for like six years. Yeah, I know. And the, these are prime Yankee and Red Sox winning years, by the way. That was okay though. As long as it's not if it's not in your division, that's not fair. So anyway, this fan cost index, and in here are the Mets, who are middle of the pack. And there's been this great outcry about how much it still costs to go to a Met game, even though they don't spend on the team. So in other words, the thinking there to me is that when a team is going through a rebuild. No matter what market, you should slash your prices because of what you're putting out on the field. So the Mets payroll this year is only $95 million. Okay, because they slashed it from the 148 it was two years ago. Right. You know, they took $52 million off the payroll. Keeping in mind, it was still $111 million last year by the end of the year. Right. Hundred and eleven million dollars. Okay, the Giants who won the World Series were at like ninety four. So the idea here is that Met fans, these disgruntled Met fans, well the product's terrible, so you should slash prices. Okay. Okay. Let's say they do that. Are they these are the same fans who are saying you can't rebuild in New York. You're in New York. You can't rebuild. Oh, okay. Well, I also can't slash prices. This is New York. This is the market. This is the New York market. I'm charging for opening day $63 because I can get it. Because it's New York. So wait, we're not allowed to be a big market team when we charge our ticket prices, right? But we are supposed to be a big market team, so we can't rebuild. Which one is it? How about the Mets reduce prices when they're fielding an inferior team? And then when they go and spend money on free agents to bring them in and give contract extensions to their players and build the payroll back up so that they're fielding a competitive team, then what happens when they want to raise the ticket prices back, commensurate with the talent that they're putting on the field? Exactly. What are you going to get? People are going to scream bloody murder. They're going to complain. How do you bring? How do you raise ticket prices on me? How Look dare what's you? happening with the Knicks. Oh, yeah. The Knicks have con- continued to raise ticket prices as they've gotten better. And fans have screamed bloody murder. They cut ticket prices. The ticket prices were lower when they were bad. Now the ticket prices have gone up now that they're a competitive team and they're making the playoffs. Screamed. So is, yes. that, is that what you want the Mets to do? I don't, you know, I don't I don't know what fans want anymore. Just which one is it, Cal? Which one is it? Are you allowed to rebuild in a major market? Why not? Uh, no, no. We're, we, we've been told over and over again by the Mets fan, this is a disgrace to field this team. You're in well, New York. Well, here's one for you. I've been hearing a lot of Yankee fans 
that don't want to see Vernon Wells and they don't want to see Lyle Overbay. They want to see kids out there. <laughs> right. They want to see why can't they put a kid out there? I'd rather right. see a, a, a hungry kid trying to make a name for himself. <laughs> this is the Yankees. Hey, come on over to the Mets. We got a Yankee bunch of Yankee fans are saying that. Come get your Cal- Colin Cowgill. Come get your Phil. You know, but uh, let's be fair to Colin Cowgill and the rest of them. Uh, it's it's a it's a team that's likable. They're a likable team, and you want to root for them. They seem like early on they're going to be a likable team. Yes, they're not going to win any championships with this talent unless they play well. They're not going to win any championships. Let's be honest. With uh, not no, like the way they're currently constituted, that's not happening. Correct. But they're at least going to give you an effort that you can be proud of. I, I think, think so. You know. Um, they're going to make up for their lack of talent with 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 you know chemistry and and grit and hustle and hey look they got a, they got a you know they they went two and one uh, to start the season they got an extraordinarily well pitched game today by Dylan G they just didn't hit they struck out fourteen times they just did not hit yeah uh, it's gonna it, with that lineup it's gonna happen right if if you get any anything resembling good pitching against them. And, and yeah. I hate to call Eric Stoltz good pitching. No, well, he had a good outing today. But he had but, a good outing, right? And if somebody has, job. right? And if and if and if the starting pitcher of the day has a good outing, it's going to be very difficult for the Mets to overcome that. Yeah. But the last the last thing with this is just I just oh. wish the Mets fan would make up their mind. If you're not allowed to rebuild and it's New York, well then guess what? They can charge New York prices. If you want to say, well, you are allowed to rebuild, you're putting a lesser product on the field, but you're building towards something, then the Mets should slash the prices. But next year, when this team is a contender, and it will be next year, then then I don't want to hear it when the prices are New York prices. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear certain uh, elements policing the situation. I don't want to hear it. Holding them accountable? Yeah, holding holding the team accountable. I mean, come on. Really? Sanctimonious, no? Who are you? Let me say this. <laughs> Who am I asking? Like, I'm asking permission. Let me say this. <laughs> like a politician there. And I will say this. <laughs> Air, uh, people of Springfield. Uh, Matt Harvey last night, Cal? Wow. Well, you were there. Yes. So you saw it live. It was cold. It looked cold. But he was unfazed. Matt Harvey was unfazed. No. You know the best way I can describe him? You and I were concerned about the weather, and get, I was screaming after the fifth inning, and they made it like 8 nothing. Right. I was like, get him out of the game. No reason to put him back out there. He went back out for two more innings. Right. And, look, it's about what this team is building towards, right? It's about the plan that Sandy Alderson has put in motion. Sean Markham can't make the start on Sunday. I think we're going to see Zach Wheeler. If he pitches it all well in the first three weeks in AAA, I think you're going to see Zach Wheeler by May 1. I really do. Maybe. Especially if, as we said, this team is you know, gets through April around 500. If this kid, Zach Wheeler, is anything close to what he's advertised as, 
to go with Harvey and Nice? Wow. Go get me an outfielder, and we'll compete this year. Honestly, go get me another bat, because your your infield's not bad. Dave, no. Tejada, right, not bad. You have Darno coming up at some point, and Buck is, is a fine placeholder. You know, if you watch the way Buck played these first three games, there's no rush to bring Darno up. Nope. The only rush to get him here is his bat, Cal. Yeah, but... You know what I mean? I'm just saying, Buck is Buck is not going to hit... No, clearly. As but the way he handles the pitching staff, his attitude, his mentality, he seems like a rah-rah guy without being a rah-rah guy. He seems perfect for this team. I mean, you hear you hear a lot. They they respect the hell out of the guy. Harvey is filthy, Cal. The 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 other thing about Harvey is that Wheeler's supposed to be better than him. He's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, just from and, a stuff from a stuff aspect. Yes. Right, and Harvey, it's we gotta be careful because it's one game, but it's not really one game because no, he pitched in ten well, games last year. Yep. And if you look at his numbers. Over the first 11 games of his career, I want to say it because they put it up on the screen last night. They resemble Steven Strasburg. Yeah. The numbers resemble what Strasburg did in his first 11 starts. Here's what I love. And here's what's going to serve him. So I was saying this last night at the game after the first inning. And here's what's going to serve him and this team so well. That if you're going to have a, a, a Harvey Nice or Harvey Wheeler niece sort of, you know, uh, top three at the, at the top of that rotation. Here's, Harvey is the anti-Pelfrey. He's the anti-Pelf. Yeah. I mean, he he gets uh, he gets uh, Carlos Quentin 0-2 in the first inning, right? I mean, he's breezing through the first inning. Breezing. It's like four degrees. <laughs> you know, he looks like he's going to get blown off the, mow, uh, the mound. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stu Miller style, right? That, that was it. Stu Miller. Uh, Atley Hammaker got blown off the mound. Yes, he did. Both, both, both these guys in Candlestick Park, by the way. Right. Yes. Um, but he, the wind is whipping. It's it's very very cold. He gets Quentin Owen two. Here's where Pelfrey would nibble. Six foot seven, two hundred and forty pounds, and he would throw a changeup or a sinker away or try to get him to chase a pitch. You know, try to get him to chase something out of the zone or whatever. Harvey throws a 95-mile-an-hour chest-high fastball and says, go ahead, hit it. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, hit it. You're not going to. You're not going to beat me. That's the mentality he has, Cal. And it's – it's. you could feel it in the stadium in the first inning. And there were not a lot of people there at all. I mean, 10,000 is probably close. Well, the Mets said 22,000, so – yeah. Uh, 10,000. Oh, so then they're lying. They're lying again. Right? They're lying about their attendance because they said that they sold 22,000 seats even though it looked like there were only 8,000 people there. Right. I'm not, I don't understand. The, the math is confusing to me because, again, how does Major <laughs> League Baseball record attendance? Right. Is it by the number of is it by the number of people that cross through the turnstiles? No. No, it's it's is it how many tickets they've sold? Yes. So is it is it is it at all possible that the Mets might have sold twenty two thousand tickets for last year? Yeah, absolutely. 
even it's, though it looks like, even likely. though it looks like, a lot of those people came disguised as empty seats. Yeah. You know what would be great if there was a website that posted pictures right. of the stadium throughout yeah. the course of the night to show how desolate it was. You know what you should do? You should even take those pictures in like the seventh inning on a night when it's five degrees out. Right. And when it's eight to two, eight you know, two. for the put home those, team. Those up. Yeah. That's and good. say uh, there are no words for this. Because you're holding the team accountable, Cal. You're holding them accountable is what it is. Right. But you're a fan. You're, you're a diehard you're a fan. Huge fan. You love the team so much. Love the team. So much. You you you're you love the team so much that you're going to point out everything the team does wrong. Right. That's how much you love them. That's like that's like how much you love your wife, and you're going to constantly criticize and point out all her faults to her at all times throughout the course of the day. Like you're just going to send her a picture of like her ass if it's getting big. I can tell just you to show, just to show you because I you know why because I love you. I'm holding you accountable. I'm holding you accountable for what has happened to your ass. That's what I'm doing. I can tell you uh, for a fact that that does not work. <laughs> not specifically the part about sending a picture. Right. The worst idea I've ever had. You right, know what, before- babe? You know what? We're going to work on a new program here. I'm going to start holding you accountable for how you looked and how you act because I love you so much. And don't blame me. Don't blame me. So here's what we're going to do. I'm the victim here. Right. What else am I going to do? Throughout the day, I'm going to text you and call you out on everything you do that's wrong or that I even think is wrong. And I'm going to try to get everybody else that I know (laughs) to get on your case so that you'll change what you're doing. Right. And then we can take credit for the fact that we inspire change Exactly right. That's exactly right. So you put on that outfit in the morning, and I don't like that outfit. I'm going to take pictures of it and then send it out to people, and a whole bunch of people are going to get together and say, change your outfit. And then when you do change your outfit, then we'll take credit for it. Let's see, look what we did. You're wearing something different because of us. Because of us. Because we, we love accountable. you. Because we love you. And we now we're happy. We love like you crap. so much. We made you feel like crap about the way you look. Because we love you. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, Will or uh, Harvey's—he just—he just looks so good, Cal. Really, really good. You know, you know it's, it's encouraging when you watch it. You know, it it's, is. It's reason it is. for optimism. It—it's what we talked about. The season is supposed to be. I went to the ballpark last night and I got to see one of the bright young stars that I think <laughs> is going to bring this team back to. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy. Bring this team uh, back to. Being a contending team. And I got to see it last night in person, and he was fantastic. He was, there was no, it was for the 10,000 people, 12,000 people that were there, you could feel it the second the kid took the mound. It it felt different even than I saw him last year pitching his first game at at City Field against the Braves. And it was even different than last year. He was like the rookie or whatever. He went out to the mound last night, Cal. It was – it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. And, you... and he's, just, he's got that confidence about him that he's like 
He has got he's the here. Mentality. He's, he's he's arrived. He's it's now his time. Yep. And he's taking advantage of his opportunity. Yeah. So it's great to have baseball back. It is. And I think yeah. you know to, to quote Ted Berg, of course, the the, the great small sample size. Um, but it's, it, you know, to go crazy about anything in week one is is just dopey. Um, you see some things you like, you see some things you don't. You know, the Mets uh, took two out of three from the Padres. They have the Marlins coming in town this weekend. Maybe they can take two out of three again, get off to a nice four and two start, and and you feel good about it. You know, uh, the Yankees got a win tonight, got their first win of the season. So they uh, they lost two out of three to the Red Sox, but they got a win tonight. Andy Pettit pitched really really well. They obviously needed that. Um, I think Lyle Overbay knocked in two runs or whatever. You're going to have to get some production out of these guys. Vernon Wells had a three-run home run the other night, even though it was a loss. Have to get some production out of these guys so the troops get healthy. One last thing on the Yankees, and then and then let's move to Mike Rice real quick. Um, why? So uh, Robbie Cano changes agents to Jay Z's. <laughs> yeah. He drops Scott Boris as an agent and goes with Jay-Z. And you, which, which Scott Boris really hasn't officially acknowledged. Right, that's right. Scott Boris is using the, uh, if I pretend it didn't happen, it didn't right. happen. Defense. Oh, we, just, we just talked about this the other day, and he's fine. He, loved, he loves it with me. Yeah, it's right. I don't know what you're talking about, this Jay-Z stuff. He's still here. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Jay who now? Um, but that seemed to signal to people, and you said this, and I totally agree with you, Bri, that that meant it must mean Cano, if he's changing agents and getting rid of Boris, he wants to stay with the Yankees. Because maybe Boris was pushing him towards free agency, and Cano maybe, you know, sign with another, get an extension with the Yankees, finish his career with the Yankees. I, I, I don't think that's a bad thought at all. I could totally see that because Boris doesn't care about the Yankees. Boris just wants the most money for his client. Right. Regardless of where the guy winds up. But <laughs> maybe I missed how it became a complete no-brainer for the Yankees to give a 30-year-old player on the backside of his career eight years and $200 million. Like we skipped, More than that. Right. We skipped the part where this was like a conversation. Like like everywhere, like on WFAN, like all over the like in the papers and stuff, it just became like a no like, oh yeah, no, oh of course. Right. Because, you know, we've not learned anything from giving A Rod two hundred and fifty million dollars and Mark Teixeira hundred and fifty million dollars and CC Sabathia hundred and fifty million we haven't learned a blessed thing. <laughs> and we're gonna get under the luxury tax Right after we give Robbie Cano $30 million a year. <laughs> when did that become a no-brainer? Did I miss a meeting? No. No, that's how they That's how they feel. I I tell you, the best the other day out was when some guy called up and suggested that if Cano gets to free agency, he could see the Mets making a run at him. Right. And Francesa's head exploded. Right. No, no chance. There is zero chance. Zero. I would. I would. I would say the chance of that happening is zero. Thirty other teams have a better chance than the Mets. Right. Bid on you him. Can see and him the with guy, the Marlins before you can see him with the Mets. The guy made this caller made perfectly logical points. He said, "Mike, 
The Mets only have like $48 million committed to the payroll next year. They have young talent that's cheap and affordable. What do you think they're going to make the payroll? He's like, I think they'd probably make it up near $100 million again. That's where it is this year. He's like, why couldn't they afford a $20, $25 million a year player? Because they can't, because they have no money. Because they can't. Because they can't, it can't happen. Can't Because they have no money. What are they going to make the budget? There's no chance. That's not what Alderson wants to do. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't sign players long term. And the guy was like, "Wait, he just signed David Wright for eight years. <laughs> he just. He just gave David Wright 138 million dollars. Did you know that David Wright? But David Wright was there. That's an extension, okay? David Wright was there. That's the. the, the, the you, 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 you. I mean, he was stuttering. He was spitting. It was fantastic. You, 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 the, 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 the general manager says he's not going to build a team that way. He's not going to build it that way. There is zero chance. Why would he want to go to the Mets? He wants to be in New York. He actually said it. Ah, uh, that's crazy. Actually said it. Why would he go to the Mets? He wants to be in New York. <laughs> he wants to be in New York. I love it. You're Robbie Cano. You don't want to leave New York. Yeah, uh, Mike, the, uh, the Mets are in New York. Mike, just... I don't know if you they're in Queens is still part of New York City. Pretty sure. Isn't the NY on their hat? That stands for the same thing that the NY on your hat stands for. <laughs> no, same it doesn't. Thing. How dare you? Ah, <laughs> uh, you're nuts. You're nuts. Uh, Please. You lost. Mindless. It's a mindless question. The other the other and my just my last gripe with with writers Lately, yeah, this is you know this is like a non sequitur because I've been thinking about it and why not? Sure, <laughs> seems like as good a time as any. Why not? Um, when the writers write these stories, beat writers, columnists, whatever, most a lot of times it's columnists, but any writer for for a publication writes a story about what the fans want. Yeah. Can we can we give that a rest maybe just a little bit because I am totally on board with that absolutely and it's become a completely overused angle. Here. It happens. Yep, it happens way too much. It's a cop out for the writer because all he has to do is just make something up and then attribute that to the fans. The fans want to see this. The fans want to see that. The fans deserve this. Mets right. fans deserve that. Yankee fans have seen this. Jet fans, I mean. Right? I mean, how about wow. how about you let me, the fan, decide <laughs> what I want to see? How about, how about, how about the, I tell you what I deserve? You're not a fan. You make it very clear. If you were to, if you were to be given truth serum, Mister Newspaper <laughs> Writer. <laughs> You would make it very clear that you're not a fan of any team. You're a fan of stories, and you're a fan of players and people. And the narrative. And the narrative. So don't presume to know what the fan wants or thinks. Because I can pretty much guarantee when you write a (laughs) – CBS Sportsman, and here it comes. (laughs) I can pretty much guarantee that when you write a story saying the fans want this or the fans want that, you probably haven't spoken to a fan to get that opinion. Dang it. 
I can't tag it. I'm Brian Calvi, RTU Sports. <laughs> that was a good one. And that's that what grinds my gears. That's No, that's a perfect CBS RTU Sports Minute. Because <laughs> I'm guessing you've never talked to a fan. I'm Brian Calvi, RTU Sports. you got to throw a lot of, look, I get it. <laughs> you got to throw that in there. Yeah. You you you're a hundred you are a hundred percent right though you're absolutely just, right it's it's such a tired nonsense angle and it's lazy and enough yeah I I could go a, a while without and and every one of them is using it like the the best guys are using it the worst guys are using it. oh yeah yeah and and like Lupica, like Lupica Lupica of all people like please stop telling me what Yankee fans deserve or want or should see or shouldn't say or uh, just stop stop write about the sport please please it, but and and like I had said earlier to you guys it's it's you try to you try to tune it out, and you try yep. to like mute the noise, so it doesn't get in the way of 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 your enjoyment as a fan. But it's just the noise is just so loud that it's hard to ignore. I I I did not go on Twitter after the Met lost today. Didn't bother. Yeah, probably a good idea. No, I'm, and and you know what? I'm not gonna because I enjoyed baseball so much last night, Cal. And even I listened to the game today and stuff, and I was, you know, you know, Buck hits that home run in the ninth inning. I thought maybe they could pull it out. I got into the strategy of baseball again. You know why? Because we're three games into the season. There's 159 to go, and anything can still happen. Right. Anything could still happen. Wheeler could come up and be dominant. Harvey could be great all season long. Nice could be great. All of a sudden, you have a big three pitcher. You go and trade for an outfielder, or maybe Lucas Duda is like a solid everyday player. You know, like we talked about, and maybe he emerges as like a solid everyday outfielder, and you go trade for another one, and all of a sudden that lineup's not that bad, and then all of a sudden you're in it, and there's two wild cards, and maybe you're making a run at one of them. You don't know. To say that that's not a possibility is dumb. I'm sorry, it's dumb. I don't like to call anybody dumb, but that's dumb. Be optimistic for a week. You know, and it was just so, it was just great. It was just great to watch baseball again yesterday and get into the intricacies of it. I was with a couple of buddies that are baseball fans, but they're not huge baseball fans. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to, you know, have my one buddy say to me, like, oh, you know, we're watching Harvey. And I'm like, I bet you he does not even waste a pitch here or whatever. Like, you know, watch this. Like, he's going to go right after this guy. Right. And in the first inning, I was right. And then in like the third inning, I was like, ah, you know what? If I was him, I'd waste the slider away here. Maybe the slider's, you know, or, you know, throw him a breaking pitch, show him, change the eye level, whatever. And Harvey said, no, no, pal, I'm going to throw a 95-mile-hour fastball. But just to have that interaction and talk about it and watch a game that way, the constant of baseball is back. Yeah. And, and you know, that was that was the other day. At, open, at opening day, you're watching the first inning, and Nice gets in trouble. And he's pitching to Carlos Quentin, yep. and you can, and you're watching him pitch. You watch, you know what he's doing, you know. The rest of the fans are are, are moaning and groaning because he's throwing every pitch out of the strike zone. Yep. But then, they, but then, what you forget, and what it takes a while when the season starts again to get back into this kind of thinking, is that you look on deck, and there's a guy making his major league debut on deck. Right. And John Buck sure as heck looked and saw who was on deck. Maybe and with saw one the first of them. base was open, 
maybe it's one of the more unfortunate names to come along in a long time. Oh, people had a field day with Jed Jerko. Jed Jerko. That's rough. Hey, what's up, Jerko? I mean, it doesn't, you can't, there's nothing, the guy's name is Jerko. It's pronounced Jerko. Hey, get over here, Jerko. I, you just, you can't, you can't, you can't feel bad enough for that guy. Nah, I know. But the, the, the bottom line is that, and I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what Patrick Flood said last week. We had Patrick Flood on the show last week, and, and mm-hmm. great, just a great two hours with him. He but was glorious. He was fun. And, but he said something last week that, that stuck out in my head all week this week as I was watching baseball. And that's the fact that baseball is back, and it's just comforting to know that it's always on. Yep. Whether it's on in the background or whether you're, you're analyzing every pitch, it's there. If you want it to be there, it's, it's, there for whatever, it's there for whatever you want it to be. And that's just such a nice feeling, regardless of what, of, of what your, the expectations of your team are. If you're a baseball fan, you're happy that baseball's back. Yep. Totally agree. Cal, let me give you this one. Uh, two outs, first and second, down by a run uh, in the seventh today. And uh, Justin Turner, who's three for three, due up. You have Murph on the bench. Um, and they bring in uh, Luke Gregerson, very tough righty, uh, to pitch to Turner. Do you pinch hit Murphy there? No. You let Turner hit? I let him. He's three for three. Even against a tough righty like that, though? You know, it's game three. You know, you, you, he's got Turner in there because he wants him to play. So let's see what Turner can do. That's the thing. And when you're a manager, you kind of have to let these situations happen organically so that you know what you have later on in the season. You know, I'd be willing to bet that if the same scenario presented itself in a month, Murphy would have hit. Interesting. Interesting you know? take. Yeah. That's that's and, and and Terry Collins talks about that all the time. He's gotta see what he's got. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna see what you got if you're platooning a guy. That's if one that's, of the reasons why he he chose He doesn't like platoons, yeah. He went the whole out the you know, everybody thought that the outfield was gonna be a platoon situation. He said, No, I wanna see what Cal, Colin Cowgill's got against lefties and righties. Right. And he'll give him a month, see what he has, and then he'll make adjustments. Yeah. So, so if it's the if it's the ninth inning today, do you pinch hit there? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I mean, I think that makes a difference. I think you're right for the seventh inning. I think in the ninth inning, two out, first and second, down by a run, with that tough of a right hander in, I pinch hit Murphy there. Yeah, maybe. Because it's my best last chance to win the game. Yeah, maybe maybe he would do that. Yeah, in the seventh, you you figure maybe you're going to get an opportunity in the eighth or the ninth. You, you right, know, it's a one-run game, so you're, you're probably right. It's one shot. nothing. You're you're probably going to get another shot to at least get back in the ball game. But in the ninth, I got a pinch hit for Murphy there, or I got a pinch hit Murphy there. Not that because right, then I got to then I got to win then no then I got to win the game because everybody you know everybody said the Met fans want Valdespin here in this spot. Really? Yeah. You want, they the, want Valdespin. The radio guys are just saying that's that's Murphy at that point. It would be Murphy, but the, yeah. but, the, but you know everybody but thinks the fans. the fans want Valdespin because Valdez, because Valdespin. Well, because he automatically. Valdenstein. 
called him Valdenstein again this week. Because the fans automatically believe that he's just going to come up and hit a walk-off. Right. No, it, I, I, but uh, your your point is well taken, and it's one way to manage a team. But see, this is what we get to talk exactly. about again. Exactly. That's and I love that. I can talk, I, I can, yeah, enough. We can talk about this stuff all night. Enough with certain fans policing the fan base. Um, all right, let's do the fun load. How do you? Oh, we want to talk about Mike Rice. Well, we'll bring PJ back because he had something on this. Yeah. Look, I know this has talk, been talked about to death. And actually, last night when we were at the ball game, uh, my buddy Phil, we were there with uh, Phil, Uncle Phil, we call him. And uh, I was there with Jess. You know Jess. Jess has been on the show sure. a lot of times. Yeah. And uh, Josh uh, came out to one of the live remotes at Blue Haven. And Phil, a nice time at the game. But we were talking about the Mike Rice situation, and, and uh, Jess is a big basketball player. Um, you know, he didn't play in college or anything like that, but he, he played ball and he knows some coaches and stuff like that. Really into college basketball and stuff. And Phil said, quote unquote, he was lynched. I think Rice was lynched. I think this was a terrible job. I think, you know, that they, they took the worst of three years and, you know, uh, the guy paid his dues and, you know, uh, was suspended and went to anger management and there were no other incidents and stuff. He should have been, that should have been enough. And I said, I said, I'm sorry, but you can't wing a basketball at a kid's head from four feet away as a coach ever and expect to keep your job. You could you could maybe push him. You can move him into position. You can give him a little kick in the ass. You cannot wing a basketball at the kids at the unsuspecting student athlete's head at ninety miles an hour in practice to tell him he's doing something wrong and expect to keep your job on a regular basis. Like it, it wasn't one isolated incident. He was throwing the ball at his players all the time, apparently. <laughs> this is a training technique. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I. it's it's not, it's obviously not the same as the Penn State situation. It's not even remotely close. But from the standpoint of you saw what happened at a major college program, if things are going on that shouldn't be going on, maybe you stop. Maybe you realize that there's a lot of scrutiny right now, and you got to be careful. Well, the other thing with Rutgers is, is you know, the the homophobic slurs and and using, you know, after Rutgers and what Rutgers went through two and a half years ago with uh, the bullying and the student uh, who committed suicide and uh, because of uh, their sexual orientation and being bullied and stuff at Rutgers. Like, if there's ever a school or university, like, you could have had the video of a guy chucking a basketball at his players' heads and moving them around physically and giving them a kick in the ass. Once you use that language at Rutgers, you have to go. You, yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the end. Like, that, to me, was the immediately fireable offense. Right. Because it's Rutgers. And because of what – I mean, it's not right to do – at all, but I'm saying if if there was a place that should be especially sensitive to it, it's Rutgers. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But all that stuff, like that's not coaching. Sorry, 
This isn't Bear Bryant. This isn't even Bobby Knight. It's not. It's there's no. There's no place for it. Well, what do you what do you think about the people that are saying that the Rutgers players, you know, or in general, were a soft uh, generation? That people, I you know, that's ridiculous. Kids today are soft that they can't yeah. handle. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, they need to have a basketball flung at their head at forty miles an hour from four feet away because they don't execute the pick and roll properly. That's what it is. I mean, come on, that's just. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. At all. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into that either. But you hear a lot of that. They're so the players didn't complain. No. So these soft players didn't complain about this. So how does that make them soft? It's not like they went whining to the administration or you know complaining to the administration about how they're being mistreated and he's mean to us. They didn't even say a word. Yeah. If this tape hadn't surfaced. The guy'd still have a job. Yeah, no, the outcry is coming from the court of public opinion. Exactly. And and but rightfully so. Yeah, no, but I mean I'm talking I'm talking about the outcry of, of Yeah, the firing. No, the guy got fired because the tape got released. Right, but the faction of people that are saying that the kids are soft the, the other the other side of the coin, because everybody's got an opinion on it. I'm talking about the ones that are saying that the kids are soft and he shouldn't right. have been fired. Yeah. No, and, and again, that's what Phil was saying, you know, what's the big deal? The guy was sent to anger management. He stopped doing it. He hadn't had an incident in a while. Maybe he learned his lesson. Why does he have to be fired? You know, why can't he be rehabilitated? The the thing I always come back to in situations like this, and whether it's sports or, or life in general, when somebody is disciplined, the big deal is that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Period. Regardless of, of, of the level of whether or not it's a big deal or it's a little deal or you're being too sensitive, if you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing and you are disciplined for it, you can't be surprised and you can't have a problem with it. He wasn't. I, I mean, Rice, Rice, to his credit, came out and said, I, I did this to myself. <coughs> no, I, I know. Got no, I got nobody to blame but myself. I know, but, but, but you hear so many people that say, oh, this wasn't fireable, this wasn't that bad. Right. I mean, look, if you if you don't if that's your kid. Like Boomer and Carton had a caller call up this morning and say, you know, and and Carton was saying, do you have kids? Yeah, I do. If that was your kid, you wouldn't have a problem with that. And he's like, no. Like, Okay. If it makes (laughs) him a better player. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I personally don't want the coach winging the ball at my kid's head from four feet away. I just I'm sorry. I don't. I don't see. I played sports for a long time at a pretty high level. Don't see how that's going to help me. No. You know, and it, it is get bullying. You to listen better. Yeah, it's bullying. I mean, it, it is, is bullying. Yeah. That was my that was my other favorite Francesca moment. PJ, I want to get your take on this in a second, but some guy called up Francesca and said, "Well, Mike, this is you know you had the situation, the unfortunate situation with that student who was being bullied." And it drove him to to do what he did, and you, you know this is bullying. And Francis has said, "No, it's not. So bullying's done by a group of people." <laughs> oh, Mike, no, Mike. that's lynching. Exactly, <laughs> that's the difference. So you go look up the definition of a bully: is a person, and bullying is when a person does something to another person through means of intimidation, and you know, it's. Not, he was like completely wrong. 
<laughs> like, actually, what that coach was doing is the definition of bullying. <laughs> like, if, when they show anti-bullying classes. <laughs> That's right. They're going to show him. Right. That's the, He's trying to get the players to do what he wants them to do via means of inti- intimidation and, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, punishment or whatever. You know. Yeah, discipline. Thank you. Uh, PG, you said that there was an interesting... Now, you being a Jersey resident and Rutgers being a state school, which is why we heard a lot from Chris Christie uh, on this matter, What's uh, what was the interesting take out there in Freehold, New Jersey? What was interesting was, and I stand at a bus stop with a, with a lot of people in the morning and the afternoon. That's like your uh, water cooler. Yeah, it's my local water cooler. Um <laughs> And at work, it doesn't matter because no one I work with watches sports or has any knowledge of it. It's okay. amazing because we all work in sports TV. Yep. <laughs> nobody cares for sports. And, but nobody no, nobody can watch it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we have, like, a, a retired cop at the corner. Um, we have a former school teacher. We it's have right, me. It's right out of central casting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's so it came up, right? Like, you the thing, Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Everybody had a story about a really abusive coach in their past. Really? Everybody had a story. Well, I, you know, I had a coach. I had a football coach. He made us do hit-its, and uh, hit-its weren't over until one guy threw up. <laughs> what? That's not real. No, no. He's bragging was, about it. I don't know. I don't know if it was bragging. It was. It was kind of like, well, I've been through the school of hard knocks. Why can't these kids do it? Well, that's that's the faction of people that think that today's kids are soft. But there's a but there's a line though. There's 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 a difference between making the kids run. You know, making mm-hmm. making the kids. What's the point? What are you trying to get? Are you trying to? Uh, what, what's what's your end goal? What is your end goal by throwing a basketball at the kid's head at 100 miles an hour from four feet away when he runs a freaking, uh, uh, you know, a, a moving pick? Well, you know, I just thought is, it was is interesting. That, is that going to teach him? Is that going to teach him not to do it anymore? Because you know what? You can't do that during a game. Well, how about the you know, culture blows, of coaching? If he blows the pick during the game, you can't take the ball and wail it at his head. Not everybody's going to be Valvano. It's, 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 that's true. It's but it's I'm I'm saying what what is the end goal? If the end goal of that coach who was making them run whatever what they call them diggits or whatever hit it hit it yeah hit it or whatever is to toughen the kids up and and condition them and have them conditioned for a game, okay? Maybe I can see that. You know, maybe I can say you obviously don't want kids to be retching and throwing up, but sometimes yeah, that's but- a result. Sometimes that's a result of sprints. Sometimes it happens. If the coach's goal is I'm going to work you till you're, you know, till one person is absolutely exhausted and now Push in physical jeopardy, right? Well, you never you know, obviously you never want to put put the, the 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 athlete's health in jeopardy. But if the object is to push you to your physical limits, mm-hmm. okay, and to uh, say get endurance going or get you know build conditioning or whatever, you know, in some of these sports that can be beneficial without a doubt. But that's different than this to me. Like that's that's different than a coach putting his hands on me and physically moving me around. 
forcefully. Well, also, forcefully. everybody yeah. at the corner uh, could 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 cite um, their coach's mouth. You know, things that coaches would yell. Yeah, None of these people had encouraging coaches. It's like, guess what I'm getting? <laughs> I tell you, that this this is a whole RT we could do at another time, but just coaching in general, like youth coaching and, and I mean the best example I have is the football you know, when Patrick, my nephew, was playing football, you know, with like the eight year olds. Seven and eight year olds. And these you know, my brother had to pull him out of the football. And so, I mean, he did, you know, and, and, and he didn't want to play anymore either because it got to the point where, like, these guys were like, these kids are eight years old. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you know, these guys were in there like Ditka, like, go, go easy. Settle down, you know, like they're having them practice in like five degree rain. Like it was like it was literally like 25 degrees out and raining. And he's having these eight year olds practice. Like what, what fantasy what? are they living out in their own head? Oh, I mean, when they're doing this, I was lucky to have a number of really good coaches. Whether and if they weren't great technically or for the sport itself, at least they were caring. You know, I I maybe had one or two abusive coaches my whole playing career, and one was in football. Uh, baseball wise, Cal, you, I mean, we we were really lucky. Well, you had your dad for so long. I had a I had a basketball coach that kind of fell into. Uh, oh, Joyce, right? Yeah, the category of uh, hey, guy, back off. Yeah, he we're was kids. abusive. He was abusive. He was. I, was that... he, I mean, both both uh, Doctor E. Ray Stat and I quit the team. Yeah, because of him. That was uh, high school. JV, a sophomore year, JV, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, but, he was, he was, he was like actually, like I think he was fired, was he not? He might have been. I don't know if I sure. After us, yeah. he coached more after after we were there, but yeah, you. I think you hit a nail on the head, Peach, about the idea of the vicarious sort of yeah, you know, dream that you're living out or who you think you are. Um, I'm interested that though that these the the bus stop gang can we call them that? Please, they would be so flattered. <laughs> the the uh, the bus stop water cooler gang. Um, None of them understand, by the way, that I'm not on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you did your radio last night? No, <laughs> not. Wait, they're all my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, they all talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> Even the retired cop? Even the retired cop. <laughs> What'd you do? You did radio? What do you do? Yo, you, the, you know Boomer? The, reti- <laughs> the, reti- the retired cops are still Getty? <laughs> <laughs> you know Boomer. Yeah, they can't. They, they, you haven't tried to sell them on the idea that this is a podcast, right? They don't get it. Right, a, lot like people, that. a lot of people don't understand podcasts. They think that if, if they that if it happened already, they don't understand that they can download it and hear it later. Yeah, mm. that would that would that would blow their mind. Oh, I tried to listen to your show. <laughs> you can still listen to the show. Oh, 
You doing it again? No. No, no, no. Go to just... iTunes. Well, what does it cost? <laughs> Not. What channel no. is iTunes? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> is that on the remote? I have opt online. Does it get iTunes? <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. No, I've, I, I, I have had these discussions with family members. The bus stop gay. How's what your radio? <laughs> who listens to this? <laughs> I forget who it was. Oh, Cal, last night at the game, because uh, you know me, I'll strike up a conversation with anyone. I, uh, we were in the club because we had club access because it was freezing. So we kept going into the club to warm up and then coming back out. And I was talking to some friends of Brandon Lyon. Oh. Where there is his guest. And, and uh, it brought up something very interesting. Maybe we can talk about it on the show next week. Because I'd really like to talk to PJ about it, too. One of the guys had grown up with Brandon Lyon in Utah. So Brandon Lyon's from Utah. Would never have and, thought that. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I've known him since he was, you know, 10 years old. and just really cool. He's he and his wife and his kids are super excited about living in New York and and it just I had that one moment of these guys are people. Yeah. You know, they're 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 people with like a fa- like imagine if you had to pick up you know <laughs> Allison and the girls and be like, "Yeah, we're moving to Portland." Right. Uh because I've been daddy's been traded. Yeah, or I'm moving to Portland. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you and, guys and I'll see you in months. the summer. Right. Right. You know, uh, what do you mean you're going to Seattle? Well, uh, Daddy's been traded to the Mariners. It's where I work now. Daddy, Daddy had to sign with a a minor league contract in Japan with <laughs> with the Miami Marlins uh, because Daddy still needs a job in Major League Baseball. And so I'll see you guys. Now, I know we're here in New York. Right. So you're going to pick up and leave school. And you, li- you live in Miami now. <laughs> yeah, you don't know anybody down there. So say goodbye to your friends. That's right. Right? Right. And, and that's when you play Will Smith's uh, Welcome to Miami for them. Right. And that'll make everything fun. Remember the party at Chuck E. Cheese you were supposed to go to next week? <laughs> now you're not. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Because daddy's a commodity. Because, because basically daddy's chattel. I've been sold <laughs> to the Nippon ham fighters. So we're all moving to Tokyo. It's going to be very exciting. For a year. Yes, I know you For don't a year, speak, yeah. I know you don't speak the language. Neither does daddy. <laughs> Neither does half the team. Because, I, I mean, it's it's amazing. These guys are just right, but, people. But, but you know, we're, and we're joking about this scenario, but it happens all the time. And these guys, this is their job. This is what they do. What they do. It's not like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm not going to be a ball player. I'll go be an accountant instead, or I'll go <laughs> work for that law firm over there. It's that's yep. not what that's not what they do. So nope. they, you know, it, yeah, that's a good it, point. It, it just it it every once in a while they get humanized to me yeah and and it's equal parts um you know nice for that to happen and i remember that these guys most of them now almost all of them younger than me um 
are, 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 you know, guys, you know, with families or maybe starting families or maybe just had a kid and, you know, and I'm yelling at them about not throwing a, a 2-1 fastball. Right. You know, like, who am I? You know, and also you remember, oh, we're about to lose the live feed. Thanks very much for the live feed and uh, April 25th at Blue Haven. Good job, everybody. Wow. Um, and also, the other thing that I'm reminded of, the guy was telling me about how at 10 years old, Brandon Lyon was like the best baseball player in, you know, Utah. And you're reminded that like even like the 25th guy on a major league bench, even on the Astros, is still one of the best 700 baseball players in the world. Yeah. In the world. Like, they are far better at baseball than than everybody else. You know, Brandon Lyon, you know, is a, is a setup guy in a major league bullpen or whatever. He's, you know, he's a major league baseball player. He'll have Lyon from Bobby moments. Fisher. He'll have some, what's that? My son is better at this one thing than you will ever be at anything in your life. Wait, was that Palmentary? That's my Joe Montana. Oh, Montana. Very good. Well, they're interchangeable, are they not? (laughs) (laughs) Give me, give me a little more Montana. That was good. Absolutely not. Can you do (laughs) Palmentary? Now you can leave. He, he I can't. Called... I can't now because now I'm giggling. <laughs> you, you can't do Chaz Palminteri while laughing. No, there's nothing funny right. about that. Chaz Palminteri can't even do Chaz Palminteri while no. laughing. No. I don't I think he's ever laughed. No, but these these guys are the best players in the world. In the world, and you sort of lose track of that. Um. But anyway, I'm, I, I gave them the RTU card. They were going to pass it on to Brandon. Oh. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't called yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been a day. What's going on? I know. It's been almost tw- 24 hours. RTU uh, has a card? I had cards made a long time. I need to get new cards made. They still have Dr. Ray Stat on them. Do they really? They do. He's unavailable. He is, he is, uh, he is unavailable, that's for sure, both emotionally and for sports talk. We do need new cards with PJ on them. We do need new... Well, we need a bio from PJ, too. Oh, right. What's to hey, know? For hey, I haven't, sake. I haven't mentioned WTF in two or three episodes. You want me to, <laughs> want me to get that in? <laughs> yeah, you know, just review what are the good ones we need to go back and revisit. No, very interesting. He had a live one where he had uh, Harmony, the Spring Breakers director, Harmony Kareen, mm-hmm. and James Franco on. And the James Franco bit got a little awkward. How so? It got very, because he was sort of, uh, Marin was sort of glib with him. And uh, it was a live one and it was uncomfortable. And it was, you know, he made a joke about, you know, because James Franco was talking about the art installations and, you know, doing performance art and all this stuff. And Franco, towards the end of the interview, Franco came out and sat with his back to him. That's that's how it started. Like that. Yeah, something like that. It was really weird. Oh. And um, 
so Franco, you know, they, they then he got him to loosen up a little bit, make a couple of jokes, and Franco said, "Well, you know, I, I you know, he was like, come on, what was with the the Academy Awards or the soap operas?" And Franco said something like, "I used to take myself very seriously," and Marin turned out to the audience and went, "Used to?" Uh oh. Like and you know made a joke or whatever, and Fra- James Franco did not care for that. Did not care for it. Oh my. And uh, it so Marin actually cleared it up on today's podcast. So it, it, it hot action, hot action wow. on, uh, on the Marin podcast. I bet. Did I tell you, boys? I'm on a ridiculous Mitch Hedberg kick. No. But no. Mitch yeah. Hedberg was, was brilliant. Still on a Mitch Hedberg kick. Brilliant. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, i could not be more excited to see the Louis C.K. Uh, special. Yeah. I wish I had HBO. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think we need to do a Kickstarter for Cal. <laughs> Let's get a Kickstarter campaign going for Cal. For Look, Cal Cable really- Bill. It's Unless really it's on PBS, project. I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> it's a really worthwhile project. What's going Get on over there? You don't you don't do premium channels, or you just don't do HBO? No, I don't do premium. Ch- well, no, I don't do premium channels. We downgraded recently. It's probably a smart move. It was, and then and then when you see something like this come up, <laughs> you feel a month later, time. you're like, oh, good. I'll just torrent it. It's fine. Dude. Isn't that what the kids do? You're going to get me so angry now. <laughs> I know. You know what I effing hate? That's why I said it. You know what I effing hate? That was my first effing hate post. Did you notice that? Yes. I effing hate pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. It took me a minute to realize that you weren't talking <laughs> about actual pirates. I have nothing but love. <laughs> I thought or the same Yarg thing. pirates. Like right away, I hate pirates. Huh? I'm like why? Why? What? Not the we're no we're onto vampires now. Pirates are gone. Not yeah, the pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> what did Jack Sparrow do to you? I Cal, I read it the exact same way. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> I see. With your parrots on your shoulders, who do you yeah. think you are? <laughs> I got your arg. Over here. Um, and uh, he said the balloons. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. I'm gonna say this. Uh, Mad Men, back on Sunday nights. Yeah. Wow, I can't wait. And Arrested Development is May 26th. Everybody, May 26th. Yeah. That's a Sunday. Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. That's a Sunday. I've never seen the Mad Men. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, me neither. Ugh. So disappointed in both of you. Universally, it just didn't fit in. It didn't fit. It fits. Universally acclaimed, by the way. Anybody there was no time it? when it started, and now there's no time to catch up. Gosh darn it. I'm sorry. You're missing it. You blew it. Got a lot of catching up to do. I'm not going to ignore it. I'll, I'll get to it. I got to get to um, a bunch. I got to get to Breaking Bad. Everybody uh, supposedly has to get to Breaking Bad. I need to get to Breaking Bad. Cal, I know, has had nothing to do with Breaking Bad. I gotta get to Walking Dead. Nah, not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm supposed to watch. Get to Game of Thrones. I started reading it, but I think I want to watch it. 
You're one of those people, though. You'll read it first, right? Just to make us all feel inferior? No, no, no. Okay, you're not, I, you're not going to pull no. that? No. I'll go, I'll go back and forth. I feel like you're going to pull it. Sometimes I read a book, sometimes I see the movie first, and then go get the book. I'm really inconsistent with that. All right. That's fair. I believe that. Oh, one last thing on the bullying thing and the coaching thing. Sorry, I just I, I have to get this in, and then we can finish. Uh, of course it's bullying. Is there any... This is a continuation of the jock bully thing. Like, nobody's really talked about that, but... It's a continuation. It's a continuation of the jock as a bully, without a doubt. Are you are you suggesting that like using your athletic? Now he's a father figure. No, but I'm saying like using your your so you have some sort of athletic ability and you and and that buys you a certain amount of uh, whatever it is in a high school say high school situation whatever that that buys you a certain amount of. yeah, cred or, or or whatever, or ability to make people feel inferior to you. Okay, this is just a continuation of that jock mentality, of that meathead jock mentality of bullying. That's all it is. That's all that is. Like you, like the coach is actually the supreme jock bully in this case. Yeah. And making the the lesser athletes because he's in a position of authority. Feel inferior to him. It's 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 just a. I, I'm sorry, I totally forgot about that, but I've been thinking about it since this story broke. That like, of course, it's bullying. It's a continuation of the jock bully. That if this guy could throw basketballs at the heads of uh, kids while he's walking in, you know, <laughs> walking the hallways of uh, some uh, dorm or whatever, he'd do that too. Hey, you nerd! <laughs> you know, like he he'd do that too. Well, yeah, and the and the shame of it is, is that he's got the authority from day one, right? You know, a, a bully tries to lord that over you with what he's doing to you, but the coach walks in, he's got the authority right there, got it built in, and then he and then he just adds a little, you know, a little bully spice. Yep. So I, I'm sorry, that was the last point I wanted to make on that, and I had thought of that the other day. Um. Nice can leaf. All right. Another thing I effing hate. Stop listing for me uh, seven miracle healthy foods. I don't care. I'm not going to make a diet out of kale, peanut butter, sauerkraut, and egg yolks. Stop it. You can't live on chia seeds. Shut up. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Take your slideshows and shove it. Cal, good luck. Good luck following that. Wasn't he pushing apple cider vinegar on us recently? <laughs> I didn't show you pictures. No, you did not present the PowerPoint, so you win. This is the same guy. Oh, boy. Um... My final unload is today we lost Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert passed. Amazing uh, how long he lived with his illness. Um, Gene Siskel passed quite a number of years ago. Roger Ebert just joined him at the uh, movie theater in the sky. No, you didn't. You didn't. No, I didn't say that. 
That didn't. That uh, we're gonna pretend that didn't happen. No, we'll just we'll erase that. But but. <laughs> that's Cal. He's saving his seat for you, Cal. Yeah, I know. That's bad. The big movie balcony in the sky. Oh. No, it's rest in peace, Roger. Yeah. And my final mode is, uh, I just alluded to it, I'm going to say it again, I cannot wait for Mad Men to be back. WWDDD. What would Don Draper do? Uh, two hours on Sunday night, I can't wait. Oh, it's been so long, it's 1968, I don't know what to do. I'm very excited. Alright, Cal, till next week. See till you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, PJ. You watch too much TV.